0: Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha. A public service of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here. We're talking with Rachel Monteverde. She's a change agent, a consultant, and a coach with Next Level Next Step. She has extensive background in Gallup strengths coaching and Stephen Covey's approach to leadership and the seven habits of successful people. Rachel, thanks for joining us here on It's Your Community. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Great to talk with you. And so let's first start talking with people of, you know, how did you get into coaching?
1: That's a great question. So my original training was in facilitation and uh, facilitating conversations that might be uh, critical conversations or it might be just a whole whole variety of conversations. And in that facilitation, you have to be able to listen to people and let people be heard. And it was really easy to go from for me from facilitation into coaching. So I, it was kind of this gradual push into people saying, well, you know, you really are a coach. And it's like, hmm, yeah, I I, I suppose I have some of that and then doing some reading and then getting some education and um, moving in the direction of certification
0: related to coaching. And so how long have you been coaching with uh, your company, Next Level, Next Step? Just a couple of years, actually, before I took the jump
1: from Duke University and went full time into Next Level, Next Step, focusing on um, strengths, habits and leadership and coaching is one of the key things that we do. But um, facilitation
0: is still there. So let's talk a little bit about coaching and we'll get into the strengths coaching as well. Stephen Covey's approach, but why would someone hire a coach today?
1: If they want to see change in their lives, uh, in their life, hiring a coach is one of the key components to helping you move along. It's not necessarily a personal individual in the family, but it's a professional who has been trained to listen and just to ask important questions, um, where a coach will be curious about a whole variety of things, but the most important thing is to help the individual move along. I like to empower people, um, so that they're asking themselves the questions that are important in their lives. So, um, if you're looking for change, if you really want, um, great things to happen in your life. Hiring a coach is is one of the key elements for success for individuals. As far as businesses go, so what tends to happen is people go into development and they think that... Um, You know, sending someone to a training is fine, but the reality is in order to really grasp the material and grasp what's going on, having that coach to follow up with those key educational components. So that's where a coach and a consultant um, join hand in hand to help the individual adopt behavioral change and um, different important business practices.
0: So, Rachel, what type of uh, areas do you coach your clients in?
1: Great question. So um, my focus is strengths. So
0: using Gallup
1: Clifton Strengths, and then its habits, using uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and leadership, using the Leadership Challenge. So I... I tend to focus on those three areas, recognizing that everybody comes to the table with strengths, and then everybody comes to the table with habits. And if individuals want to optimize um, their lives, then looking at themselves as a leader, uh, leader of their lives, leader of their family and the community, and then leader in whatever business or whatever profession they happen to be in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, well, that's why you and I have so much in common because those are areas that I love the most. And I, too, am a, a strengths coach. And I think it's such a, a huge asset to work with clients. And I love seven habits. But you have a much deeper dive into Stephen Covey's approach to leadership than I have um, with the seven habits of successful people. Can you share with our listeners about that and your, your background in that area?
1: Sure. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People changed my life about, I think I was, became familiar about 25 years ago, but about 20 years ago, huge transition, transition in using that. um, Stephen Covey wrote that book to be a guidebook for life. So if you picked it up and you read it 20 years ago or 10 years ago, pick it up again. And um, so for me, Seven Habits is a transformation process that continues year after year and actually month after month, week after week, day after day um, in habits of effectiveness. They really are principles. Um, So when you uh, understand them at a basic level, you Stick around and hang in there with it because you can get to a next level um, if you will just really uh, commit to adopting the practices and ad- adopting uh, the habits and behavior
0: change. And so how do you and your practice combine? I know you talked about uh, strengths and, and habits, but when you're working with clients, you're combining both the assessment, which is the 34 assessments by Gallup, and the seven habits,
1: right so you have to meet people exactly where they are and then with also with the leadership challenge there is a, a leadership practices inventory which is a 360 so if people are interested in one and not the other I don't you know I let it be known that i am happy to kind of take them on a triathlon course if they want to but if they prefer to run uh, then i i say run with strengths because everybody has strengths they're not necessarily aware of um, so become even more familiar and then all Ultimately, learning how to aim your strengths for your benefit and the benefit of those around you and and whatever actions you want to take. um, You can get there by aiming those strengths, but it takes a tremendous amount of self-awareness and uh, perseverance and commitment to understanding, wow, some of my strengths could actually have an edge to it. (laughs) And so recognizing that um, self-regulation is important as well.
0: Um, we're talking with Rachel Monteverdi today here on Intercommunity. She's a change agent, a consultant, and a coach with Next Level Next Step. And so, you know, um, you know, we as coaches obviously we take the 34 uh, assessments ourselves. Rachel, how has it improved your work, your life, and just ha- using knowing your own talents and your own working them into strengths? Yeah.
1: So name it, aim it, claim it. Yeah. I, I claim all of my strengths and I know the edge. I know when, so my number one strength. So I've got achiever and strategic and maximizer, um, input, learner, positivity. And so knowing, wow, maybe I'm being too positive and, and recognizing, you know, if, if, if I'm at a funeral, I, I might need to tone it down. Um, so it, the, the whole strengths, um, movement has, has changed my life. And I'm also a researcher. So, um, I'm working on my PhD. And so looking at the research related to, um, strengths and habits and leadership for me is, is key and drives
0: everything that I do. Are you, when you, when you say you're working on your PhD, are you writing your thesis in this area?
1: I am. Yes. on wow. leadership specifically. Oh, that's awesome.
0: So, um, <laughs> When you call yourself a change agent, what does that mean? Tell her, explain that to our uh, to our listeners here on Intercommunity. community. Yeah, so
1: anybody can be a change agent. So you can be a change, you know, like I said, in your own life and in your community. And I became a change agent um, in what here I'm in North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina. There's North Carolina State University and Duke University are the two that helped me to become a changing agent and, an agent and adopt those practices, but becoming an a quote unquote expert in, a, in specific areas in order to make great things happen for communities. Um, I've been doing that since 2001. And uh, so change is is gradual and having a, a big plan on how you're going to embrace the community and meet them right where they're at. And then, um, you know, just open some eyes, open some awareness on, on the possibilities of what could be. So working with economic development, working with um, community groups, working with nonprofits on um, what are the specific needs that each community has, each region has, and how can we best address those needs. So working at a at a, at a federal level, a state level, a local level um Change can happen at all three levels, but it's really starting with the individual on where do you want to, to be and, and where do you want to go and how, how large of an impact do you want to make? And so it takes a lot of perseverance and a lot more than just a few minutes on a radio show. But um, <laughs> I encourage anybody that's interested in, 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 in becoming a change for themselves first and then a change in their family, a change in their community to, to at least look at um, seven habits of highly effective people. That's a great, great start. And the leadership challenge and strengths as well.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, And Rachel, going back to your community involvement, you have a very strong background in community involvement and and different organizations you're involved in, even in your hometown. Can you give us some background? I know you and I talked off the air about this stuff, but maybe you can share some of our, with our listeners, um, your, your involvement that they could possibly learn or benefit from.
1: Sure. So there are these land-grant universities across the United States, and each of those have um, a mission to do three things. One, to um, educate, and two, to do research, and three, to go out into the community and provide research-based information great- based on the greatest needs of a community. So, as a change agent for Cooperative Extension in North Carolina, um, I was certified in two dozen, 24 different content areas to be able to go into a region and to, you know, um, meet the people right where they're at and to make effective change happen. So, there's there's a lot to it, but, um looking at the cooperative extension model and looking at community development and how um, they both work together to to make great things happen is important in every state in the United States. So every state in the United States um, has a land grant university. So figuring out who that is and then tapping into the change agents at your local uh, land grant through cooperative extension would be
0: a um, beginning. Mm. So, Rachel, you combine a consulting and coaching, very similar to what I do, but you also have a background in facilitation. So, how do you combine all that when you're working with your clients—the coaching, the the consulting, and the facilitating?
1: Yeah. I ask them what their expectations are and how they want to get there. So if they're in need of a coach, then it's a lot less facilitation and education. If they're in need of education, you know, so what are your needs? What are you looking to do? What, what impacts do you want to have? What change in behavior are you looking for either in yourself and your team and your workforce and your culture? Um, and then you know, I letting them know that I, I won't, if they're looking for me to be a coach on a particular day and I have, you know, some experience in this area. So like I said, I'm, I'm certified in 24 different content areas. So I've got a lot of, a lot of stuff, um, from my input and learner and strengths, um, that could be helpful. And I'll ask if, if they don't ask me, I'll ask, you know, can I, can I put on my consultant hat and offer some advice? Or, um, you know, facilitation is about education. So tell me what you, your thoughts are related to leadership and um, and what you want to do in this situation, whatever that situation may be. So it's tricky. I think the beginning is is helping people understand there's a difference between coaching um, and listening and asking, being curious and, and inquisitive and asking powerful questions and then consulting and, you know, uh, really somebody, holding somebody's hand and uh, providing education and and recognizing that there there's a whole world of information out there that we can uh, call on to make great things happen.
0: Um, so Rachel Monteverdi, who we're talking to, Change Agent Consultant and Coach with Next Level Next Step here on It's Your Community. How do you work with um, uh, teams and groups versus one-on-one? Oh,
1: I love teams and groups. So working with teams and groups, you know, my largest audience was 4,574 people. So um, the larger the if I'm if I'm facilitating a session specifically, my I'll be honest, my favorite session to facilitate is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So when people are on fire and, and my reputation has preceded me um, and it's a standing room only thing, you know, I, I really come to life. So that's my favorite Um, thing to do. But if I need to work with a manager to make effective change happen, then it's saying, okay, you know, again, going back to the drawing board, what do you need? What are you looking for? And then recognizing transformation takes time. And so what? is your commitment because people that know me know that it's not about a one and done. It's about, um, you know, really working at changing the culture is may take a year or more. And so that commitment is, has got to be long-term. And it really is. so I use the triathlon example of, you know, we got to get in shape. We got to get our culture in shape. We got to get them and knowing and understanding strengths. And then we got to look at habits. We got to look at principles and, and what actually guides our company. And then let's, look at leadership knowing that every person is a leader and so how can we get more of those leadership uh, behaviors leadership practices so that our company will run optimally and that's um why the three work so beautifully together because um we can measure that through the, those assessments and saying, okay, uh, specifically with the leadership practices, you know, how how have we been? How where do we want to see improvement? And then a year later, we can take it again and say, where are we now? Um, and show, you know, that we've we've made change happen, and and it, it, and it's been for for good. So.
0: So when you talk about changing the culture within an organization, because some cultures, Rachel, could be very toxic. Are you combining all of that, the, the seven habits and the Gallup strengths and the leadership into that culture change? Yeah, I, put, I bet my money on it. That's why I left Duke
1: University is because I I know that it, you know, again, I'm certified in 24 different content areas. And these of all the research that I've done in the last 20 years um, starting with strengths, looking at habits, and then going to the leadership challenge, that is a trifecta. And that's where you're going to see effective change happen. I've looked at other programs. I'm, I'm certified in other programs. But I really have very, you know, recognize that we have a short time on this planet. We need to make things happen as quickly as possible while also knowing that this is going to take time. So those three combined together, um, you know, I'm looking for a long lasting change and I'm looking for the people that are looking for long lasting changes as well,
0: so Rachel, for people who may be listening who are a little hesitant or nervous or maybe intimidated by hiring a coach, never hired a coach before, what would you tell them? Oh, great question. So I would say, check them out. Um, I would
1: say, you know, number one, see what they're, if they have the credentials and if they don't have the credentials, because plenty of people don't, that's okay. Um, ask them what their philosophies are related to coaching because there are some coaches that provide, you know, uh, maybe a little bit, you know, too much uh, consulting, and they're looking specifically for a coach to ask those questions to help them move to the next level. Um, some people, you know, so so really looking at what the coach's focus is, if it's about performance, you know, I am about high-performing teams, um, and so, we, you know, other coaches are about other things, so, you know, looking at what what really, um, their strengths are as a coach and then, you know, asking them if they could have a trial run, um, I think is the best way to get to see if there's chemistry, if everybody's, you know, on the same page, getting along, um, you know, I think getting, doing your homework, rolling up your sleeves and getting to know whatever co- coaches out there, um, is, is going to benefit you. And if the coach doesn't work, you know, there are plenty of coaches. There's an international coaching federation that you can go to ICF um, in the coaches world. And there are lots of coaches in this world that are very, very um, effective in working to help um, make great change happen and to uh, work with high performing teams.
0: You know, you make such a great point. And I love that you're saying that, Rachel, because there are many coaches and I tell my clients this all the time. I said, you can, you can match me up with somebody else and we'll have the same exact certifications experience and all that stuff bringing to the table, but it's really got to be a connection and you've got to connect with the people you're working with. And I don't personally take any offense to anybody who doesn't hire me over somebody else, because at the end they have to, be successful in reaching their goals. And there may be a coach they just connect better with. Um, And so I'm glad you're making that point.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I think... So some coaches don't understand the the concept of the. uh, there's a coach consultant role and then there's a coach counselor role. And that's where sometimes people cross the line. Yes. You don't want that. You don't need it. If you need a counselor, you you should go get somebody who is trained as a a professional counselor. So, um, again really getting to know the coach and understanding their philosophies related to coaching. I don't believe that, you know, while I believe that it'll take a year um, I'm committed to each of each of the clients that I work with, but um, my goal is not to have them as not to be their counselor for the next 10 years, but if they do have problems in the culture, so let's say we change the culture and, you know, three years later, the culture needs a, a boost, um, then we can do that too. Um, but I, I, it's not my goal to, to be somebody's coach for, you know, 20 years. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, it's interesting that you say that too, cause I, I recently had a client that, um, really kind of was bordering needing, um, um, a counselor. And I had to tell him, I can't work with you anymore. You really need to see a therapist. This is not what I do. I, it would be completely unethical, nor am I certified or trained in this area. I'm a coach and a consultant. I am in no means a counselor. And I had to let him go. I told him you really need counseling. And then maybe when you get that help, you can come back and do some coaching. But, and I I think we as coaches have to be responsible to identify that because it would be completely unethical to go down that road
1: exactly and and that's why I am so next level next step my website has my personal philosophy my professional philosophy it has my values so getting to know the coach and seeing where they're at and what level of expertise you're needing and what your goals are so sitting down with self a good coach is going to ask you what your goals are and if your goals are to get out of your marriage maybe you need a marriage counselor <laughs> yeah
0: yes yes we're talking with Rachel Monteverdi. She's a change agent, a consultant, and a coach with Next Level Next Step. That is her company. She really focuses on Gallup Strengths Coaching and Stephen Covey's approach to uh, seven habits of successful people along with leadership. Uh, Those are her three areas of focus, and she works with both groups and and teams and individual one-on-one coaching. Um, And You have a strong background in facilitation. Do Do you still do a lot of facilitating today, Rachel?
1: I do. So there's, um, you know, some facilitation that I'll never give up. So essential life skills for military families. If there's a need there, I would be happy to jump in. That's one of my favorite areas because I, I come from a military family and um, oh, okay. I have a, a son in the Marine. So I'm there for them. Um, facilitating the emerging issues of North Carolina. Um, I love doing that as well. So specific facilitation, I, I absolutely will be the first. Um, we did a... a Kind of a uh, the Confederate monuments and memorials in Durham, North Carolina, and um, so looking at Black Lives Matters and and you know um, some some of the things related to the Confederacy. Uh, it's good to have a, a strong background in facilitation in order to embark on um, good discussion where everybody feels heard. And um, so yeah. I I'll never give up um facilitating in a in a variety of settings. Mm-hmm. But leadership mm-hmm. is my favorite. So
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and, and Rachel, how has a COVID, if at all, affected your business and your clients? How are you moving past that in 2021?
1: That's a great question. So the first the first group that contacted me, even though I left Duke University, Duke didn't leave me and so um was with Duke and like, okay, so what what are we going to do? We have to shut down. And so it's all been online, which I didn't realize at the time, um, working more locally in North Carolina and regionally, um, it opened up the whole world to me. So I've got, uh, you know, things going on in Singapore and Australia, just all different types of of um, The whole world is is at your fingertips when you can look at it differently and recognize that um, even though we may be at home uh, and I'm not out in large groups, I can we can still um, meet and connect and make great things happen online together mm-hmm. with even more people. I was on a call a global call this morning with people from France and Germany and uh, Ireland and and Switzerland. I mean, it's just uh, a whole world of wonderful, wonderful people out there. Um, just, mm-hmm. you just got to call on
0: them. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Rachel, I'd like to ask our listeners, uh, I mean, our guests when I have them on, um, because we're very focused here on intercommunity about connecting, uh, communicating and collaborating with your respective communities. And you've already alluded to that. You've, you do a lot of work in the community, but can you expand on that for our listeners and, and how you connect, communicate and collaborate with your community? Yeah, so that's I love that you said that.
1: So connecting with the community is basically getting to know your community. So for me, it's um, using the schools and as a, as a vehicle for, you know, what's going on? Can I get involved in education? Uh, because it's important, even if I don't have children in the school system, educating the kids in my neighborhood is important. So what can I do there? Or, you know, it, it really takes a, mental, a servant mentality to say, okay, I want to connect. Connect with people in my community. How can I? How can I take my strength? So if I'm a gardener, can I go help um, at the? You know, we have a, a food bank that also has a garden. Can I go help there um, and get to know people and then show some leadership there and then. How can I, so w- once you connect with different groups and with different people in the community, how do you collaborate to make great things happen? And that takes a deeper level of, of thinking and a deeper level of facilitation in some regards, depending on what the needs are of the community. So, for example, we did this great thing with... Um, a quilt trail, which anybody could do in the United States and anywhere in the world, actually, and it was through economic development to help people recognize the artist and working with the high schools um, and building these quilts that could go on historical um, farms and go on just all these different places, and then for economic development, create a book where, and now it's online, where people could go and travel North Carolina, looking at the different quilts of North Carolina and and. Learning about the history. So, you know, pulling people together to do a great things and, um, And to make things happen is, uh, you know, it just takes you opening up your eyes and and lighting up um, yourself and others and and just the desire to um, to get roll up your sleeves and get out there in the community. Um, Communication. So you said communication. Yes. And and the thing about communication is, and I'm doing a lot of talking today, I know, but it's really (laughs) about it's it's about a two way street, right? So Mm -hmm. when we communicate, um, all we have to use our words, and some people might have different definitions of the same word. In fact, there's something I do in facilitating communication and we're all put out a word and we're going to look for the same exact word that is that word. And the reality is I'll have a hundred people in a room and we will never come to consensus on what that one word, there's an equivalent to that word. So it's starting there in being humble and recognizing that all we have are words to communicate. And so getting to the heart of the matter and um, Covey would say, you know, seek first to understand before being understood. So really shutting down your own scripts in your head. And um, saying, "Hey, what's going on with this individual, and what feelings are coming across?" So communication when people are afraid, and I think that a lot of the problems in this world right now are people are it's fear-based, and so people get angry and they lash out. And so looking at what are we afraid of, and then what commonalities do we do we have, and then what would be a great future for us so that we can. Um, we can make the world a better place,
0: whatever that may be. That's awesome, Rachel. Thank you so much for sharing all that insight. And for people listening here in it your community, how can people find you? Oh,
1: nextlevelnextstep.com. Um, yeah. So go to my website, nextlevelnextstep, or you're just welcome to email me at rachel at R A C H E L and then the at sign, and then all of the words, nextlevelnextstep.com.
0: Rachel, thank you so much for being with us here on It's Your Community. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Any questions or comments show topics you want me to cover, you do that very easily by going to my website, epiphanyccc.com. That's epiphany with three C's.com. You can also email me info at epiphanyccc.com and find me on all the social media platforms. I respond to LinkedIn on a regular basis. You can private message me there as well. And as always, remind our listeners to connect, to collaborate, and to communicate with your community. Thanks for listening. It's your community. A public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.